and welcome to our Truly Scrumptious podcast, where we talk food festivals, festival food, foodie friends and friends of the festival. In each episode, we will chat to some of our many friends, our celebrity chefs and bakers, food producers, festival team and other people involved in the festival world. We'll even hear some backstage gossip. It's a huge world. It's a hard-working one and great fun too, although a tad stressful at times. My name is Lottie Duncan, and I'm a food presenter, writer, and eater. We want to bring our food festivals to your door, your ears, your living room, and most definitely your kitchen. So draw up your chair, pour yourself something scrumptious, take the weight off your slingbacks, and join us within the world of food, festivals, and foodie types. Hello and welcome to another squidgy, chewy, light and bouncy episode. And this week we're all over the place. We take a trip to Cornwall for a catch up with the lovely Loveday Gin Girls, Daisy and Chloe. We're also chatting with another gorgeous lady there, Deb Porter, our fabulous festival photographer. Then we're up to Gloucestershire to speak with one of our favourite and longest attending producers, Becky Whittle, and her award-winning and blooming delicious fudge. But first, let's zoom over to Sweden to speak to Jane Sandstrom, who we first met last year on Midsummer, in the land of the midnight sun. So I'm looking at the gorgeous Jane, where who I last saw six, seven months ago in a scorching evening in Stockholm, just after midsummer, and uh, the sun was beating down till about sort of two o'clock in the morning. It was the most beautiful time of year, and uh, it was with Christina, my uh, my lovely friend Christina, who's been on this podcast, um, and she introduced you to me and said, "You've got to meet Jane. She knows everything about wine and more." And uh, and then you came along and joined us, and we had a fantastic evening, didn't we? Eating all the we had a wonderful evening, <laughs> very jolly. And it was- such a pleasure to meet you and it's so lovely to see you face to face oh no it's good to see you again and yes and you just said to me you've got very thick snow outside it's very thick snow yesterday was beautiful sunny day still cold and nippy but I woke up this morning and it was pelting down it was just like Christmas um but I think it's going to melt a bit before but uh, the snowdrops are finally coming out oh, here. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? And you, you live on a, a very cute island in the centre of Stockholm, you were telling me. Very beautiful. I live on a, yes, I live on a very cute island. It's called Yougord, and it's right in the centre of Stockholm. And it's, um, for you guys who are interested in music, it's right next door to the ABBA Museum. Oh, so, wow. So um, it's a lovely little place. And then I work on another little island, though Stockholm's full of islands. I work on another little island called Krebsholmen, which is just a five-minute boat ride away. So I, I take the boat to work and get oh. to see Stockholm, the beautiful, beautiful yeah, islands of Stockholm around me. Oh, it's lovely. What a great commute. So you got to come visit next time. Yeah, we will. We didn't quite make it into the centre last time. I think we got we got stuck with uh, wine. It was and too hot. It was too was... hot. <laughs> where you were it was beautiful anyway. it was no it was absolutely gorgeous there we we just wanted to shift we we found a beautiful veranda to sit on and much wine to drink and it was just like what's the point of moving so it was great it was lovely um so is when I was talking to to you that night and obviously Christine there's a there's a great love of yours of English sparkling wine and English sparkling wine has just 
grown and grown and grown and we have got some cracking wines in this country to rival okay. champagne if not do better um and a lot of it has to do with the chalk doesn't it there's this chalk bed that runs all the way underneath britain certain counties and then down into under the channel and into the champagne region of france so it's very similar isn't it it is. We've got exactly the same. I'd say we've got exactly the same um, soil, terroir, as they call it in France. Uh, a chalky soil. We've got clay soil. We've got flint soil. So, um, and now we've also, with the climate change, we've got fantastic opportunities to grow wonderful grapes like Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And so, basically, we've got all the the same... Um, conditions for growing fantastic English bubbly and I've been following it for years I, I remember my first glass of English bubbly was probably about 35 years ago and we were using a grape called uh, Bacchus and Solaris which we're using now in Sweden but it's a slightly slightly um, a pear, a pear taste um, and not brilliant um quality wise but now i've been so i've been following english sparkling for the last 30 years and that, like you say the um the interest is amazing the quality is fantastic and we're growing we're, we're producing wines very similar to champagne and i'm actually winning prizes over champagne blind tastings yeah that's what and i most of say. the work's done in sussex kent and hampshire so uh, they'll be hitting you next, Lottie. <laughs> well, we actually have in Wiltshire, we have um, Bluestone Vineyard, which is oh. uh, is very close to us and comes to our food festivals. And Nathaniel, okay. um, he makes the, the the sparkling and this is the sparkling wine, and it's really very very delicious. So oh. next time I see you, I shall bring you a bottle or two of his well, and I might we come over and, um, yes bring a glass and uh, or bring the glasses and we can um, <laughs> we can enjoy it together so you're a sommelier but also when you just mentioned glasses the other thing you are is madame Rydell or Riedel. Um, and Riedel glasses is something I hadn't actually heard of but people in the catering industry restaurant industry hotel industry will know about them um, but they are these amazing glasses which have been created and developed to be grape varietal. Ver Hold on, you've got to say varietal. this. Varietal, I, I have Thank problems you. saying it as well. Grape varietal <laughs> specific. Try saying that after two glasses of sparkling wine. I will make a total mess of that. Exactly. So these glasses are just developed to to make sure that a grape, you know, specific to a grape, and and it shows that particular grape, that particular wine off to its very best. How how does that happen? Okay, well, Riedel's a, uh, it's an Austrian company and they've been going for, it's a family-owned business, um, I've been going for nearly 300 years, but 65 years ago, uh, Klaus Riedel was drinking wine with some friends and he noticed they were all drinking out of different glasses and they all made different comments on the wine. And he had a glass factory, so he set about trying to, trying to find the perfect shape for his favourite wine, which was Pinot Noir, Bleu Burgunda. And um, he developed this glass, which is still an icon today. It's still a fantastic glass. It's, um, it's in museums. It's a beautiful glass. It's a Pinot Noir sommelier glass. And um, the rest is history. And um, once people got to find out about this, they started asking him, could you make a, 
a grape varietal specific glass <laughs> for my type of wine. So Riedel is different from any other glass producer in the fact that they work with top winemakers and top sommeliers to develop glasses that will basically enhance your experience, uh, bring out the flavor of the grape. So if we're looking at a series like um, a new series, which we have called Veritas, you've got maybe 12, 13 different glass varieties, one for Riesling, which works beautifully for crisp white wines. Um, Pinot Noir is also a glass. We, we always have that. Um, but in that series, we actually have for new and old world Pinot Noir. Um, and then for Cabernet Sauvignon, you know, Bordeaux style. So you can look at the different varieties. You can go onto the website. Um, I think it's Riedel.co.uk and have a look and, and find out the history of the glasses. But they do work. I've been working with Riedel since I arrived in Sweden um, 30 years ago. And it's uh, just amazing. And the beauty of it is now is that uh, uh, Riedel have just designed a glass for English sparkling. Ah. And um, I think we, we, we tried it a few years ago. Um, but now we've been working with, I think we worked with about 20 different wine producers in Hampshire, Sussex and Kent. And all were agreed that um, the, 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 on, on the, the same form and the same glass type. So that glass is going to be produced soon for English sparkling, which is amazing. And that's the way we work. We work, Riedel works with wine producers, not designers. Uh, the glasses are beautiful. They're, they're beautiful to hold, beautiful to drink out of. And it's a real experience. So what's the difference between a, one glass and the glass that has been specifically designed for English sparkling? What are the, the nuances and the difference? Uh, the design of the glass, the length of the glass, the, the, the opening of the glass basically steers the wine into your mouth where you experience the best result. Um, so, for example, a, a, a Riesling uh, we'll have a tall glass with a slightly smaller opening, basically to steer the wine into the center of your mouth. Um, what you don't want is a glass that steers the wine right into the back of your mouth and the sides, which will do if you have a glass with a very big opening, um, because you want to balance the acidity in the wine. So basically, um, you can do this at home. You can. I normally say to people when I do tastings, pick out all the glasses you have in the cupboard, Lots of different shapes and sizes. Some people have red, white wine glasses. Some people have, you know, granny's old, you know, antique glasses. And pour the same wine into each glass and you will experience a different in the, on the nose um, and in the taste. You'll experience something different. So, and, and Riedel's actually will sit down with the Riesling, lots of Riesling producers and come up with a glass that actually says, is this the way you want to produce your Riesling? Is this the way you want people to enjoy your Riesling? Yes. Well, then this is the glass for, for that. So um, a lot of work goes into it, um, but uh, amazing results. And like I said, try it at home. Mm. You know, uh, Pick out the different wine glasses you have, pour the same wine in, and you'll get a different result each time. It's fascinating, Matt. And I was looking on their website and I was looking at the champagne glasses and they're not flutes. Mm. Everyone assumes they should just be flutes, but they're not. They're sort of slightly diamond-shaped, aren't they, the glasses? Diamond-shaped. Well, champagne has developed and English sparkling wine has developed over the years. So it's a little bit of a, a shame to sort of close it in, to lock it in into a long, small um, flute, which will basically give you more acidity 
um, now champagne is so much more complex and so much more beautiful to enjoy. So I, I normally say to people, you know, drink it in a wine glass, a white wine glass, a standard white wine glass. And, and certainly when you go to restaurants, if they try and give you a little flute, you ask for a glass of champagne, they come up with a little flute, say, no, I want it in a wine glass. And sometimes you'll be lucky, they'll give you, give you a bit more. They'll top it up a little bit. <laughs> Exactly. I sometimes when they come in the little glasses, you think, really? That's a like it's a mouthful there. What do you want about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your, what gives you the worst hangover? This is something that always I always get asked. I I've had some cracking hangovers actually from uh-huh. from champagne, but I can drink more champagne than anything else. I find I don't know why that is, but it's maybe it's just in my DNA. I don't know. But um, some people say, oh, I get a really bad headache from red wine. You know, is there a, is there a wine specific to hangovers? No, no, no. I think I think I think some people are definitely more sensitive to histamine, uh, which is uh, mostly found in red wines. Um, so I'd say maybe drink a lighter wine. Um, a Pinot Noir has a has a thinner skin, and it, you know you'll probably you'll, you'll you'll probably find you won't get as much hangover. I mean, Pinot Noir is the great variety that's used in Champagne as well. So stick to maybe lighter wines. Um, I find a hangover all depends on what you've eaten, the mood you're in. Uh, the quality of the wine you drink. Um, some of the cheap wines might have certain additives that you really don't want. Uh, so pay a little bit more for your wine. Um, but I find it's, it's, it's the volume of the company. <laughs> volume in the company Lottie, is so when true. When you were over last time, I can say I had a ring out of a hangover, but that was because we were drinking bloody schnapps. <laughs> we were, were, we God, I've forgotten about that. It all paled at the end. If I can't even remember too much about it. <laughs> oh, my head was spinning after that, but that was schnapps. That was uh, schnapps. So again, it's the volume and the type of wine you're drinking, <laughs> or the type of alcohol you're drinking. I think it's the mixing, um, isn't it? It's the mixing. What yeah, is your? That's certainly a mix. What is yeah. your favourite? I mean, I, I this is very difficult because I know it's like asking what your favourite child is. You can't, you can't possibly say that, but, um, or well, some people probably could. But, but what would be your favourite? Your favourite wine, it's a favourite red and a favourite white, and where from? For me, um, Pinot Noir, the great variety of Pinot Noir, is my absolute favourite. Um, I just love it, and especially in our beautiful Pinot Noir glass. Um, no, for me, Pinot Noir, definitely. Uh, and that, like I said, is the great variety that also is included in Champagne. Um, sometimes I like an, a nice red. I'd like a, a Syrah or a Grenache. Um, it just depends. But if I was asked for one glass of wine, it would be a, a beautiful Pinot Noir. And I actually quite like New World Pinot Noirs. I like New World um, Pinot Noirs from New Zealand. Beautiful. Um, and obviously the classic French Burgundies are beautiful as well. Do you remember in the 80s how German wine, well, you've had a wine bar. I used to work in a wine bar. Oh, God, 80s. yes. <laughs> and there would literally be, there'd be the choice of Hock, Peas Porter, or Liebfrau Milch. Remember that? And I don't think I've ever drunk one of those wines since. That was but that was basically the three choices. Um yeah. and then a, a Riesling actually, which have had a big renaissance Rieslings, haven't they? They're they're the Gewurztraminer, I think it was another one, which is absolutely beautiful. Um which can be very beautiful, yeah, but can beautiful. also be beautiful. A yeah. Riesling can be beautiful. Yeah. And a dry Riesling is uh, and I'll even I'll even drink a semi sweet Riesling if you pair it with the right foods. 
um, I think they can be absolutely beautiful. So yes, um, I don't think I'd, I think I'd maybe steer care of a bottle of Blue Nun, but um, <laughs> even, even that has its, has its uh, uses. It? Really? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Putting, putting into a casserole, um, maybe, or something. Like Churchill says with champagne, was it free, cold and dry? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Don't knock it. <laughs> Wonderful. We shall return the compliment and you will come here and we will drink much wine, sister, as I say to everyone. I'll bring the glasses. <laughs> you bring the glasses, I'll bring wine. I'll go and get some of that, that uh, Bluestone Vineyard. Why? It would be from very that. interesting to taste some bluestone. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think uh, you're very lucky in England now. There's a lot of development going on and I, you're producing some amazing sparkling wines. So I really do try and encourage. And when I do tastings, I normally finish off with an English sparkling. Um, and you've got some really good quality English sparklings um, over there. So. Yeah. We really do. I did a show years a few years ago called it was Country Fast Summer Diaries, and I went on a wine tour of Devon with Oz Clark, Mm. and uh, we had some fun. We did a few lock-ins in the evenings with the crew, which was great. (laughs) Some pubs. (laughs) He's an opera singer. Did you know that? We used to sing. Um, He used to sing opera in the evenings after a few drunk glasses of wine. Yes, and I did filthy rugby songs. I mean, that was the difference there. But we we did some beautiful tours, and and in Devon there were some lovely vineyards, which I should tell you about. That um, you must sharpen. Sharpen uh, down in Cornwall. We were talking earlier about Cornwall. You've got Camel Valley, yeah, who produce amazing English sparklings. I think they 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 serve them at the Palace. um, Some of the Camel Valley um, wines, and then. no, so so even Devon, they don't necessarily have the same uh, soil, but um, you can produce some amazing yeah. wines. We had a, a something called Yellowstone Vineyard, and yes. uh, yeah, that was a beautiful that. sparkling as well. Some amazing things mm. there. Right, so before we go, this is the question I ask everybody. Okay, are you ready for this, Jane? I'm ready. And I've I... heard this is coming. <laughs> So I know that we, I know that we're, you know, we've been talking wine, but we're now going to talk. I mean, we you can include wine in this as drinking with your Fifty Shades of Food. Okay, so something a little bit filthy, something a little bit sticky, maybe a bit cheeky. It's just you and this food, Jane. It's it's your me time. Okay, shut the door, lock it, double lock it, pull the curtains. You know, get rid of all that snow outside, light a fire. You and your Fifty Shades of Food. What is it? Okay, I'm going to tell you my Fifty Shades, my my secret. Um, it's a very Swedish food, and it's it's fatty, it's juicy, it's delicious, <laughs> and it's called ragmunk. <laughs> ragmunk, I like that. Basically, if you translate ragmunk, uh, rag is to um, uh, I think it probably means something else in Swedish, but there's a word called ragga, and if you ragga, you basically you know, on the game, chasing someone. Well, hello. <laughs> and, and, and a monk is probably a, a priest, so it's probably called chasing the priest. I don't know, that's my <laughs> translation of it. But anyway, it's um, it's grated potatoes um, fried into an almost like a potato pancake. It is delicious and it's crispy around Ooh. the edges. And then um, 
it's soft and smooth on the inside. And you have it with bacon, which I really miss from England. So you fry up some bacon and stick it on top. And then you normally have some uh, little cranberry jam on the side. Oh. Um, but basically, a rag monk is my rag lock-up food. That sounds absolutely going for. <laughs> that sounds so gorgeous. And what would you drink with it? Oh, to that. Um, actually, do you know what? I'd probably skip the wine and go for a beer. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love a vice beer, so I'd probably yeah. go for a lovely, a beer a juicy vice beer. Oh, that potato. I just There's nothing nicer than butter and fried potato and those beautiful crispy yes. bits around the edge and then inside probably a little bit softer and silkier. A bit softer and saltier mm. and silkier. Yeah, my yeah. mouth is watering. That sounds absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> so if you just could top it with about three inches of cheese, I'd be happy as well. Could we put a bit of cheese on that? You could definitely serve some grated cheese on top, make it even even more delicious. <laughs> oh, that sounds marvellous. Bloody delicious. All right. Well, that's wonderful, Jane. I hope to see you very, very soon when you come to do some judging and um, come down this way because I think it will be... Lottie, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I'm so looking forward to it. And keep, this, keep some of the sunshine there for me, please. Oh, we will. We will. Fingers <laughs> crossed it'll be arriving soon. Anyway, you take care and um, good luck in all that snow. Thank you very much. Thank you. For Jane, I had no idea that you could actually get a glass to match a grape. That was such a lovely chat and I'm looking forward to having some English sparkling wine in one of those special glasses. Now, Becky's Fudge has won many stars over the years at the Great Taste Awards and it really isn't surprising. It is outstanding and just how I like fudge. Crumbly, creamy and buttery. My dad loves it too, as he said on this very podcast a few episodes ago. Becky Whittle, gorgeous bird, and I, uh, I'm going to say the fudge queen is the way I'm going to call you, the queen of the fudge, the dame oh, of the fudge, yes, the duchess of fudge. Usually <laughs> the mad fudge lady. <laughs> well, that'll do well, that'll do well. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to just introduce you very quickly. You are Whittle's fudge, and I have met you over the years at the food festivals because obviously you've been coming to Tame for a long time you've come to Bradford on Avon when we first started including the year of the heat when you lost half your stock which was awful awful year for you um but you know it that's how much over the years and you're always so wonderful and I was interviewing my dad for this podcast just the other week and he said that his weakness is fudge and he only ever buys it once or twice a year, and that's from you at the food festivals. He doesn't go anywhere else. And he was saying how fantastic you were and how lovely your fudge is. And they buy a load of it, and it's all gone by the night. <laughs> you do know I have to pay him to say that, right? <laughs> no, I know. He cracks me up every time he comes. It does he? I, I can't remember his name which is terrible because I do forget names, but I always remember his face and I just go, oh, it's Lottie's dad. (laughs) Here he is again. And I always look after him. And then I I give him a trial of all the new flavours. Yeah, well, that's perfect. So, you know, you started out, actually, you're a trained chef and um, you, you started out on cakes, really, and then you were sort of just dipping your toe into the world of fudge and everyone said, oh, actually, hold a minute, we love your fudge lots. So you then kind of built the fudge side of things and you've won loads of great taste awards too not as many as art design kitchen (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so i've got 12 years fine dining under my belt at two rosette hotels and restaurants 
Um, but I started just in basic cookery and pubs. Um, I went to catering college and I'd always wanted to set up my own company doing cake design. And I don't mean like everybody else does, um, funky art and use my art skill towards it. And I'd always been cooking since I was a young child. I was talking to the big kitchen window in the farmhouse, um, making Rice Krispie cakes from the age of eight. <laughs> um, it's a bit cringeworthy, but I always knew I wanted to be a chef, always. For some reason, I went to the Queen's Hotel in Cheltenham for a wedding fair. So I had, I think I had about five different, really nice different cake designs. Some a bit wild, some more contemporary. And I, I took some fudge and I laid it all out in my fine dining perfect squares. They had to be perfect squares at that time. <laughs> and I laid them out in perfect rows and um, people enjoyed it. And so I thought, oh, well, I've got a bit of stock here. I'll bag it up. So I bagged it up. I took 50 pounds and I thought, oh, okay. It's not like those. I didn't end up, I wasn't coming here to sell fudge, you know but I paid for my pitch. And then everything went a bit of a blur, to be honest. <laughs> then I started doing markets, uh, just local markets. I applied to go onto Stroud Market. It took me five years to get onto that market. It's like a real honor once you get on there because he, he's very strict, but it's a good thing because that's the key to the success of that market. Fabulous produce, great standards all the time. No, no, no tat. Um, so once I got onto there, that sort of gave me a, oh, okay, I can go down a little another avenue. And then there was wedding favours with fudge um, and that sort of thing. And I just started then to do food festivals and realised that the autumn, winter ones were my best and I was doing really well. Um, and so by which time I was on about 15 flavours, you know. So I gradually built it up. And then I started doing the awards. I thought, oh, well, why not? Let's, let's try these Great Taste Awards. And I was ever so nervous. <laughs> and um, the first year I won, I won 2016. That was for my maple and pecan. Actually, my most expensive fudge. <laughs> but it, it's really nice. It's like a maple and pecan Danish, but Ooh. in a fudge version. Lovely. And then, so then the following year, oh, well, I'll give this a go again then. <laughs> And um, I was in the kitchen, I'll never forget, and I was stirring my fudge or wrapping some fudge, I can't remember, something fudge related. <laughs> and then I checked my emails because I knew the results were going to be coming in. And I, I put it off, even to the extent I've had friends look for me. Um, I won't look. I don't know. I'm just terrible like that. Anyway, I looked myself and I screamed. I screamed <laughs> and I screamed. And I was like, ah! all over the kitchen <laughs> and then I ran across the farmyard and my dad I mean he's 82 now so I'm, he's a bit younger then but you can imagine for him to hear was quite fantastic <laughs> and he comes out and he was like you're all right have you burnt yourself have you burnt yourself and I was like no no and I couldn't speak I was just so excited and like crying but obviously because oh. I was crying he was worried and I was like, no, Dad, no, I've won the best award in the world. <laughs> he was like, of course, he, he didn't understand, bless him. He still doesn't to this day, but it humbles me. I need that in my life. Mm. Um, keeps you level. Yeah. Um, but honestly, even now, that moment. Yeah. I, 
can see you've got tears in your eyes now talking about it. I know, mate. It's because I'm, it, it made my dad really proud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wonderful. And also, to be quite honest, I was not expecting that. So last year I won a three-star. So that was for my honey fudge, which I use like a Gloucestershire summer honey. So I used two producers um, because Nikki, bless her, up the lane literally five minutes. She wouldn't be able to keep up with it. You know, she does it as a hobby and she just loves what she's doing. And I entered it, you know, like I was selling a little bit. And then I didn't really expect to obviously sell so much of it. Um, so now I'm working with Honey, um, Harry, sorry, Harry's um, Honey. And I went and saw the farm the other day, well, the apiary. And that was fantastic for me to see where the honey's coming from and how it how it's done. So much work involved. Oh, it's incredible. I couldn't believe it. Like, I knew there was a lot of work involved, but I didn't realise how much, to be honest, lots done. Yeah, yeah. It's, there is, there's, it's quite incredible. And those bees are so clever. They are. I love the way they kick the men out after so long. <laughs> <laughs> that appealed to you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, bored you now. Off you go. <laughs> You've done your bit. You've done your bit. You've done what I wanted you to do. Yeah, on your bike. <laughs> well, also the brownie bombs. We haven't even touched those yet. Oh, my God, the brownie bombs. Oh, God, they're evil. <laughs> they are so good. You can't just have one either, believe they're it or not. not evil. Don't listen to her. <laughs> But I mean, they're, they're huge, but you can't just have one. That's the problem, Becky. If it just, you want to have more than one. You eat one and then you go, oh, I'll just, I'll just have a little bit more of the second one. And then the second one's gone. Plans. Right. So, again, I can't really say too much on this at the minute, but I'm going in for a shop. I never intended to have a shop. However, I found a situation which could really work for me. Um, and it's got a bigger space where I can up the production. So I've been looking for investors and I am still open to investors with a sharehold. Um, or it can be a cash injection loan. Um, I've got a couple on the table now, but I would rather a few with um, a bit more business acumen, to be honest. Mm. Um, and a little bit more passion for food. Yeah. Because I know this is a growing brand. Germany want me back. Um, so anyone with knowledge about that would be really helpful. Yeah. Because um, there's great potential over there. Um, I, I decided not to supply because it wasn't viable for me um, when Brexit arrived. But I'm speaking with people now. And as long as I can get to this next level... Um, yeah, we're looking really good. It's looking really positive, actually. Yeah. Um, that's lovely after Aww. all these years of um, trying to keep by. <laughs> yeah, because it is such hard work. And I don't think people realise. Um, I was I touched on this, actually, with Lisa Frieda's Peanut Butter the other day when I was chatting. You guys work so hard at the festivals. And, and I think when people go to a food festival, they don't realise that actually, as you say, you might have done 100 markets and festivals in the year. You're t you know, you, you are out there in the public all the time selling your stuff but it's not just selling it on the day and being jolly no. and lovely in the face of the brand which is what you are you're always smiling and lovely and jolly um but also it's it's getting there it's logistically getting there it's making all the stuff packing all the stuff to get there humping it across fields i mean we 
quicker, make it quite easy because people can take their cars straight up to the pitch and, you know, it's all very yeah. easy to unload. But often it isn't and you're going across two fields. So it's really hard work for you all. And we try and make it as easy as possible for you because I want to make your experience better. But it's still bloody hard work for you. And for you to now have the opportunity to just be in one place and selling retail, I think is just brilliant. I think it'll make such a difference to your life. I hope so. But I, I, I need to see the people because yeah. I am a people person. I like a challenge. Yeah. I, I do like the way that I can make some fudge one day. Um, I can be at a festival another. And do things like this with you you know um i don't mind doing a little bit of paperwork i have to, I don't <laughs> like to do that. that's the job that bores me to death but it's got to be done right i hate um, forms yeah that's why i think this shop would be good for yeah. me because i got really funky ideas and our town needs a real injection of life which is the town the town is newant so that's my local hometown and that's where i went to school so it's going to be a new nuant, and what are you going to call it? Got a name? Oh, well, it's going to be Whittles of some sort. I don't know whether to keep it just Whittles or I haven't decided. Tame is one of my best ones of the year. Yeah, it's always fun and it's always great to see you there. It is. We always have a, a jolly good time. And last year, you were last off the site and you had all my security guys getting you um, everything into the van for you. Do you remember? <laughs> I do, yeah, because I could hardly bloody walk. I know. Bless him. It was so good. There was Darren and uh, DCI Dave, as we call him, and all the other guys all helping you, in, you know, with your tent. And I was driving you around on the gator, wasn't I? Yeah, which was the um, dishy one? He was nice. <laughs> the one with the little man then. Oh gosh! Oh him, the dark-haired one. Yes, yeah. he's quite. Yes, he's quite handsome. I've forgotten about him. Yes, he comes yeah, to both of them, doesn't very he? Nice. Oh, put a word in for you, yeah, Becky. Well, next time I see him, I go see him. Pop over for a bit of fudge, no, mate. I think he's taken. I oh, sorted that out already. <laughs> Don't mess about. I was going to send him over for a little bit of fudge. Last question, my darling. Last question. It's what I ask everybody, okay? And I know you're prepared for this. What is your 50 shades of food? A bit naughty, a bit sticky on your own. Turn the lights down low. As I said, put something on Netflix and chill. And, uh, and just <laughs> you, and, you and your favourite food. What is it? So mine would be... A medium to rare, mainly rare, ribeye steak, 10 ounce, from my best mate, Chris Jubilee the Butcher. Some decent crevettes from a fishmonger. Toss them in a bit of garlic butter. Yum. Uh, one of my homemade peppercorn sauces. Lovely. Two triple cooked chips. And I, I've got air fryer now, so that's easy. Why yeah. in there? <laughs> and um, some purple sprouting. That's it, lovely. And that's it, just a plate of that. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Don't ask me about sweet stuff, really. No. Yeah, I'm totally different. If if I'm going to be really naughty, I would literally get a cheese board and I would have, you know, like stinking Bishop, Montgomery, real good cheeses on there. Yeah, just plough your way through. From Myrtle's Kitchen. She's a good girl for chutney. 
Yeah. So you'd have a bit of chutney cheese. Oh, I just I think you've got to go for the full steak experience, as you say, and I think you've got to follow it on with cheese and chutney. Well, if if I'm a bit hormonal, I go the whole way. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> or, or after um, after a market, definitely, or a, a festival. I mean, to be honest, I can't be asked to cook that meal after a market, but no. you get my point. Yeah. If somebody else cooked it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be there. Lottie, can I ask you a question? Yes. When are you going to have Christophe Novelli? Oh, Jean-Christophe Novelli, the man, when he looks at you. Favorites. Oh, and he has the ability when he looks at you that you're the most important woman in the world. Well, I not know. this year, because I'm all booked up with everybody this year, but never say never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but next year might be too old and I don't fancy him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my darling. Well, listen, thank you so much. And I will uh, see you very soon. Good luck with everything. Good luck with the, the shop and with the way your business is going, because I know it'll work, because you're brilliant. Oh, thank you. Well, I just can't wait to, you know, get you in there. Yeah. No, I, well, you'll, I, be, you'll be spending a fortune. I will. I'll say, here's a trolley. <laughs> it's not going to be that big. <laughs> no, I definitely won't. I want but to be yeah, there. It'll be nice, I think. It'll be nice. i got some really cool ideas. So. Yeah. I want to have an invitation for your opening. So uh, let me know. Catch up time with Chloe and Daisy now. We went along to their distillery to see how they were, what they're up to, and to taste their new and exciting organic rum, entirely made in Cornwall. We also got to meet Etta, Chloe's little girl, who is a complete sweetie pie. Well, we're back. We're back in Cornish land, back in Penryn, and back with the lovely Love Day girls. Wonderful, wonderful gin. Gorgeous girls. So we got Chloe, and we got Daisy, and then... A little Etta, little Etta who is here. So if you hear a little squeak in the background, it's two-year-old Etta, who is Chloe's daughter. And you're gorgeous, aren't you? You are lovely. <laughs> you big smile. Nice to have you back. Oh, it's just good. <laughs> and of course, we've just actually seen each other for a couple of days at Great Taste Judging. We have. Where we were doing um, some wonderful things, you know, some amazing olives and fantastic anchovies. And you, Did you have a good time there? Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. I had a brilliant time. As always, we met lots of other sort of food obsessives and Mommy tried... Hazetta. <laughs> um, tried some beautiful food um, and yeah it's kind of like a little holiday we just get to kind of take a couple of days off the distillery um, go up and um, stay, stay in a lovely food uh, stay in a lovely hotel eat lots of dish, dish food um, so yeah we absolutely loved it can't wait till next year <laughs> and we were, we were there for the 11 star day which is like the record breaking Three, 11 three stars in one oh day. God. I know, that's incredible. I've, you know, I've been doing this, I don't know how many years, eight, nine years I've been judging. Never had that before. What was the record before that? I think that must be the record because I've never heard of more than a few stars. I mean, six I think we've got quite excited about. Really? But 11 is incredible. Yeah, they just kept coming, didn't they? I couldn't believe it. And yeah, we felt very lucky to be there on that day. I think the, um, actually I can't say what it was that pushed over the edge. I don't want to. Are we allowed to say what we ate? Oh. 
I think you not... can be general. You can be general, but I think with you know, I, d- I doubt any of the three <laughs> winners are probably listening to this podcast. Well, there, there was there was some anchovies that particularly pushed it over the edge. I think, yeah. um, and quite a lot of them, and they were absolutely delicious. They mm. seem to be. If you get a good um, anchovy, they have won three stars a lot of years because they are exceptional yeah. ones that come in. Yeah. Um, when you taste them, you 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 actually can't believe that you'd ever eat another type of anchovy again. Would you? Yeah. Because I know it's ruined. I mean, it ruins um, supermarket anchovies for me, definitely. <laughs> Completely ruined them. <laughs> so thanks for that. Yeah, they are. They're absolutely wonderful. So anyway, we, we've come here because um, we wanted to talk more um, about your rum. Be- yes, because, you know, your gin we, we've spoken about and it is wonderful and delicious. But I know that you've had some humming along in the background um, and we spoke about it, we touched on it last time, and you said it would be ready directly. <laughs> Which is Cornish for manana, or kind of sometime in the distant future, or near future, or uh, just a general non-committal time in the... Time in, yeah, sort of whenever we get round to it. <laughs> which, we, which we actually have, just about. We, we've, we've even set ourselves like a tentative kind of June-ish timeline on it now. So we're finalising labels, ordering bottles, Daisy's tweaking the recipe. Um, it's very exciting. Just in time for summer. Yeah, watch this space. I, 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 I'll be so happy when it's um, finally come out cause I can't wait to start having a play around with it, you know. Um, we've been, um, Lottie and I were actually talking yesterday, weren't we, about... Um, uh, rum-based, day before yesterday, sorry, about rum-based cocktails and um, all of the different things we can make with them. Um, I can't wait to have events here and make rum cocktails. And, um, yeah, it's this whole other kind of world of flavour opened up, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, because, I mean, rum cocktails, oh, you had me at, you had <laughs> yeah, me at rum. I've been talking a lot about kind of um, serving suggestions and actually, um, you know, trying to work out where the what to recommend that isn't basically cola and mm, yeah. and rum which is the most yeah. obvious pairing that everyone kind of goes for which is delicious but your rum is so special you want that to sing don't you yeah exactly and shine so yeah it'll be yeah it's yeah. going to be interesting. We had great fun asking all of the great taste judges, actually, on their opinion of uh, <laughs> how do you drink of, your of rum? serving <laughs> suggestions. And um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. It was a good um, a good load of conversation that went on for a couple of days, and we've got loads of ideas now. So that's kind of one of the things we're going to be finishing off in the next few weeks. Well, hey, well, hey, that'd be lovely. And are you going to be able to bring the rum to Bradford in the summer? Do you think we should that be able to bring June. some? Which is June? Yes. We're, I think that we probably will. Yes, that might actually end up being roughly its first outing, actually. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is pretty special. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what people bottle. think of it. John, we'll definitely have a bottle. <laughs> or two, or three. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just buy your whole lot. And the, and the other thing, um, you're going to be hopefully doing gin masterclass talks, chats, tastings. I'd probably we have a, a spot for you there. Maybe you'll be able to bring them, slip the rum out for that as well. We probably could slip yeah. the rum out for that, couldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Chloe did a talk, I think, last time we came up. But a bit more of a kind of tasting workshop would be really interesting. Um, it'd be great to have people's feedback on the rum as well. So. I think so. I think it'd be great. Uh, so what do you think? Would you like some rum? Do you like rum? Would you like rum? In oh, your tum. Now, now you're going shy. Rum in your tum. Etta, <laughs> <laughs> so what's on your what's on your top? The rocket. Yeah, yeah nice rocket. One. <laughs> 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 oh, right. <laughs> uh, 
So, because you go off like a rocket all the time, eh, Etta? Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So, um, now, there is a rumour that you might have a little bitty of your rum for me to try. Just a smoothie. <laughs> just a little we've got We've got a tiny little, a tiny little taster um, of, our, of our spiced rum. Um, I'll, open, I'll open some up for you guys to have a little taste. So, the plan is to have um, a, a gold, a, a kind of unadulterated gold rum that's been sat in barrels for um well, we've been making it for two years now so the idea is to release uh, a gold and a spiced alongside it so have two coming out at the same time because i think rum drinkers that fall into two camps there's a traditionalist who would like who likes their unadulterated straightforward kind of oak aged um rounded you know, um, beautiful, simple gold rum, and then the other camp I think is a spiced rum lover. So we're covering both camps, which right. we're quite right. happy about. Yeah, <laughs> this and this one is the spiced. This yes. one's spiced. Right, you're gonna try some, John. Oh, is that supposed to be for you? There, no, 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 no. You guys try it. John first. How is that? That's lovely. Is it lovely? Mm. He's a bit of a rum, a rum fiend. Like me. Not as much as you. No, I'm the rum fiend. You're just. Oh, are you? Oh my are god. You? Oh, okay, it's my great. favourite drink in the Is world. it? Oh god, yes. <laughs> so I'm saying I'm going to buy three bottles, four bottles. So it's, um, we wanted something that was a bit cleaner than your usual spiced. Oh, and I not like that so. Already. So you know, a lot of spiced rums, you open the the lid and you kind of get a hit of Christmas, and we Christmas didn't we didn't really want that. We kind of have gone for a slightly cooler profile. Um, oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> Oh God! Do you know what I love about? It? I love the alcohol hit. You know, you know that lovely, warming alcohol feel as it as it goes down. But the spicing on it is so clever. It's very delicate. Isn't it's it? really delicate yeah. because, as you say, I am not someone who likes a really heady spiced rum mm. that someone's mm. just thrown mincemeat at. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah, of feel. This is really well judged. Thank you. This is, Thank you very much. Hold on. A little bit more. It's so delicate. Would you want any more spice? No. You know, there's, there is time for final tweaking if you guys have got any input. I actually don't think it needs <laughs> anything because you guys have such amazing palettes anyway and you're so clever the way you develop your gin and now your rum. I don't think, it, I don't, I don't think you need any tweaking. I'm, I prefer the tradi traditional rum, mm. um, but this is it's not, over, I didn't, no, it's not overly I didn't spiced. think it's overly spiced. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Thank the same. You. I'm the same. I'm not a spiced rum person, but this I would happily drink. Thank you, both of you. And what's lovely about this is just it needs a bit of ice. Mm. And mm. Maybe a little squeeze of lime if you want to do a squeeze of something in there, or orange even. Yeah, but, yeah. But no, I don't think it needs anything else. It's divine. Yeah, it doesn't need much, does it? No, I'm, I've finished my glass. It, it's, it's, got, um, it, it's completely organic. Um, and, finishing John's as well. And we are making it completely from scratch. Um, double distilling it, so... Um, it's it's very much an artisan product. Uh, there's not going to be loads available. No. Um, it's kind of a, a slow, well thought out kind of careful um, product that we think is like it. Hopefully, will stand out for its its simplicity and really kind of good workmanship. Um, and I have to say that we've just we've kind of chosen our, the bottle that's going to come in now. Um, and it's going to look fantastic as well, really beautiful. Um, and hopefully hopefully stand out in a category that actually can, can kind of a lot of branding and things looks quite similar. Daisy. The, uh, 
Hopefully it'll stand out as being quite modern and clean in flavour and in appearance. Certainly in the flavour, I think it's wonderful. Different from the gin bottle. Yes. That back. Oh, the back. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Yeah, that's lovely. My goodness me, the it lingers. You know, we you know because obviously we've been judging the last few days, and it's funny because I you know you judge I judge from May March to July. And then you kind of forget the speak and the way that you describe mm. things. And mm. I mean, you obviously do that the whole time because mm. you're working off labours. But when you're popping all the, the notes down and, you know, all the feedback, you as you're typing it in, and I'm typing in everyone's views, it's very much the lingering finish, the, you know, the, the accent mm. on this, how it feels in the mouthfeel, the silky... That's got an incredible mouthfeel as well mm. because Thank it's you. quite thick. But not too thick. But it you, it's got mm. substance viscosity to it as well. Yeah. I'm already slurring. How bloody, <laughs> how bloody strong is yeah. that, Daisy? Is it, is it like forty percent? Because that's gone right to my head. <laughs> it, believe it or not, it is actually forty percent. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'm very happy. It is, and it's still hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. It's still yeah, hanging it does, around. But I love the fact that you haven't overspiced it. It's such mm. a joy mm. because um, it's very, very cleverly done. As with everything. Thing you girls oh, thank you, you are you're so clever you really are we love you guys you can come back <laughs> <laughs> we get so many compliments when you come here <laughs> but deservedly so though aren't they John yes. I mean you know it's, it's exactly what you should be getting because stuff that you make is amazing thank you stuff you make the stuff you make <laughs> I, meant, I meant the gin I'm drunk <laughs> I don't know I mean we will absolutely have to have to have have some sort of launch party yes. at the distillery, which you'll have to come down to. Would love yeah, to, if you can. Yes, would love to. That would be great. We'd definitely do that. Just a shout out to you know a shout out to the spirit, the great taste spirit judges, by the way, because you know you've only had a little try of rum. How do they do it? Do I would love to it? know. I would, yeah. I'd love to shake all of their hands. Yeah. You know, how do you keep? How do you keep sober and keep judging fairly when you're drinking spirits all day? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, you're supposed to be, it still goes into your gums, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. you still, a certain amount gets absorbed into your body. Because if, you, you know, I, you, you girls judge, I coordinate. So I'm putting the input in into a computer mm. feedback for the mm. store, or the producers. I say store holders, I producers. Um, and I, I once did beer. No, I did cider. I did cider tasting. You had to pick me up. I was sloshed. <laughs> and, and if I had to do 20, 21 spirits... Yeah. Your face down on the computer. Yeah. There's no yeah. way yeah. I could do it. I'm the worst drinker on the planet. Very <laughs> cheap date. Very <laughs> cheap. Very cheap. We have three. I've had three or four sips of that, and I'm away with the fairies upstairs. <laughs> I'm super excited for the rum to come out. Yeah. It's been Not such a long, long time coming. It feels like all like since we started, we've been going. We make gin, but there's rum coming. There's rum coming. You know, like because there's there's. We're, yeah, there's lots of gin about, but the rum, it being made from scratch, completely certified organic, there's just no, no one else is doing that, and it's delicious. Mm. Yeah, because really there's, there's a lot of rum out there that they just buy in the rum and they flavour it, but you mm. actually yeah. made it from scratch, and yeah. that really has to be underlined, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. So, yeah. like, 100% organic molasses, fermented, double distilled, barrelled spiced bottled mm. labeled all here by us and amazing katie who's our bottling and labeling lady 
Yeah, yeah. And we've we've certainly had we've had our fair share of you know people going. Are you mad? Just buy it in. It's not very expensive to buy it in. Just buy it in flavour. It's what everyone else does. You know, and it's not really a practical decision we've made. It's just that we actually really want to create something that's special, different, has um, tastes delicious. You know, because it's that it's it's that fermentation and creating that base that has the real influence over the flavour of a rum. You know. Um, and that's kind of what's beautiful about it when it's been really, really carefully made. Um, just those simple sugars and the yeast, the thyme, the heat, the kind of um, the way that you take your cuts when you distill it. They're, re- they're quite simple tools, really, and can have a really huge influence over the flavour of that base. Um, and, and, you know, as you just taste it, if you've got a good base, you don't need to stick loads of flavourings in it. And, um, and actually, all I think that we've done is actually enhanced the flavour of the base rather than kind of covered it up. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think it's, You know what you've got to do now? As I said to you the other day, you just need a patch of land to grow your own sugar cane. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just, if anyone's... actually grow some sugar cane, I think, well, absolutely. They do, they, do, they do tea in Cornwall. I mean... They, yeah, they, yeah. They if anyone out there, you know... Yeah. Anyone out that's got a farm... <laughs> you also need to mash it, you need to be able to process it as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's Yeah, just casual. Yeah, there's just, there's, that's just details. <laughs> work this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hearing problems here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if you just like, yeah, we're going to show you we're going to grow some sugar cane. <laughs> no worries there at all, for sure. Oh, this um, is good. Um, oh, Etta's oh, Et- Et- getting all the tea bags down for us. Thank you, Etta. That's a fun, fun thing to do. Okay, girls, final question. Okay. What is your 50 shades of food? This is something sticky, a little bit naughty, you might get it down your front. You might need to eat it naked just in case you don't want to ruin your tops. Um, and it's <laughs> and it's um, and it you close the close the curtains, lock the door, put on a bit of Barry White, put whatever whatever you want on the music. It's just me time. Right, should we start with you, Chloe? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, oh, that's a really tough one. Uh, I've got a soft spot for all sorts of horrible food. I think um, probably anything dipped in a lot of mayonnaise or super noodles maybe super noodles with mayonnaise on them oh you that's and, filth uh but pretty much anything dipped in mayonnaise yeah. you know anything being the vehicle for the mayonnaise whether that's uh <laughs> noodles or uh i don't know chips or some kind of like cheap supermarket frozen pizza Ooh. any of the above yeah, in just in mayonnaise. And do you have a preference? Do you like a good aioli or a good garlic mayonnaise or like a? Absolutely not. No. Not when we're talking about this kind of scenario. Helmets. No, <laughs> just a big jar of helmets. Big jar of helmets is something to plop in it. You might want to sit yeah. in it too as you're eating it. <laughs> exactly. Why Day not? Talks. I was going to say a whole tray of sausages. I'm not really ashamed enough of that. <laughs> so I think my behind. The um, curtain uh, snack is toast with um, MSG. (laughs) Probably some Envita as well. So um, really good sourdough, heavily buttered, Envita flakes, MSG and flaky sea salt. Oof. That's a salt salt and preservative overload. (laughs) A big tub of MSG, Lottie. (laughs) A big tub of MSG. And probably the shakes after it. (laughs) Joy. <laughs> Shakes of joy. Oh, I love it. That is just wonderful. You two are, you didn't disappoint at all. I, I have to say, I do like the idea of a tray of sausages, though. 
Yeah, a whole tray to yourself. A whole. Soap. And do you oven bake them or do you fry them? Um, oven bake because it would be a lazy meal. Yeah. Mm. And I like the skin on the oven baked as well. It's just that yeah. little bit thicker, isn't it? Than... Oh, I, I like all the fat in the tray. Um, <laughs> Would you would you dip bread in that or toast in that and then yeah. eat that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> These that, are the best we've ever been asked, Lottie, and like since we started the distillery. <laughs> <laughs> can, I add, can I just add Fifty Shades of Food for Chloe's husband? So when Chloe goes away, Chloe's husband famously loves pasta and ketchup. That's it. That's the meal. Pasta and just it's, ketchup, just squirted on top. Yeah. yeah. Awful. Fabulous. Awful. Do you know, during lockdown, I had a little bit of a thing about those mug shots. Do you know those pasta mug shots? You just put, it was the macaroni cheese flavoured and I put it in a pot, poured the water on and yeah. added more cheese to it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. mayonnaise. Yeah. Isn't it lovely to be able to have that? You you both got amazing palettes and you, and you develop and you make some amazing gin and now rum. But also what I love about you is you have filth in your palettes. You know what you like. And that makes me a very happy lady. Thank you, darlings. Oh, oh. We, we, can I say my guilty pleasure drink-wise recently? Oh, I've go got for it. Vimptos, Lottie. I've got back into cheeky vimptos. Have you ever had one? A cheeky vimpto? No, I can't say yeah. I have. It's a shot of port with a blue WKD. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wonderful. Oh, you are just brilliant. I love you to bits. All right, my darling, thanks for that. And um, I know you're probably going to be texting me after and goes, oh, I've got another one. I've got another one. Because I can think there's probably... Many. Too many. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, darling, thank you. And thank you so much for doing this. Mwah. Love you, girls. And we love your rum. It's so important to have a record of our events every year. Groucho produces and films our videos and the truly wonderful Deb photographs and covers the whole festival brilliantly. Nothing gets past her expert eye. She manages to capture the atmosphere in every photo and you can see them all on our website. Should we be honest about this, Deb? We yeah. actually did this before, didn't we? we actually yes, did... we did, Lottie. <laughs> we did the whole interview in January in um, the little cottage that we love to stay in in Cornwall, which um, your sisters own, and we were sitting there, the log fire was going, we had some wine, yeah. and I forgot to press record. Yeah, you did so... love to. <laughs> 20 minutes, and I remember you saying, oh, I'm so nervous about doing this and everything, and then I had to confess and say, oh God, we haven't got it, I'm going to have to come back. Anyway, we're sitting, sitting in your cottage today in Cornwall, yeah. where you live. We, yeah, we, I do. And, um, and we're going to do it all over again. So, I'm going to introduce you. Deb Porter, photographer extraordinaire, amazing all-round bird. And uh, you do all the festival photography for us. And you have done for quite a few years now, haven't you? I have. I've done it for, yeah, quite a few years. I'd say um, probably about six or seven. Yeah. Thinking about, yes. Yeah. And, uh, a long time. And you're, you're just brilliant because when you do the photography, um, it's, you're, you just kind of float. No one really knows it's going on. And so we always get these great shots Aww. of people, of food. Oh, that's kind of, well, that's the idea really, to, um, 
just to get the natural feeling of it and the atmosphere. And I just like to hide behind posts and uh, <laughs> pretend I'm not there with my Zoom. And, um, do you do that generally every yes, day? <laughs> camera or not. But, um, yeah, and I think, I think that's the way you, you get people at their best without them realising they're being taken and they're relaxed. And yeah, that's the way I like to do my basically so how did you start because you know i've known you since well, i think probably about 16 17 yes that's Just, ages ago now yeah. isn't it i mean you're you're younger than me so you were a little bit younger but i think about it i think it was about that age when we all late first... late, 80s. late 80s yeah yeah and um tame mallards god yes what are those? The wine, bar. wine bar rising sun all those days yeah god, they were fun um and you sort of did more sort of catering side of things didn't you yes I was working for a company called Gilmore and Pepper we all work for them all of us all of the girls tame tarts work for them and um I just got into that that world early on early 20s and um yeah I sort of went from there I had a sort of a gap when I had children and did something else sort of crafty stuff with, with Lilybrook and then went back to Mecco which was the uh not the new Gilman Pether, but a couple of the guys, Mark and Jeremy, had set up Mecco, and I went back to there after having a second child, Kiz. And uh, I was just, we were doing the accounts, doing accounts with Lucy, and a bit of doing everything, really. And we did Christmas parties out in front of house, back of house, and, and yeah, it sort of, Mecco got bigger, and then they moved to Banbury, and then um, I started working more in the kitchens with a guy called Justin. And it's just when social media was coming in, uh, Facebook, Instagram came a bit later. And I take, I'd always loved photography and I'd taken my camera to work one, one Saturday when we were all prepping in the kitchens just to get some nice black and white shots of the chefs working. Uh, put them on my Facebook and I think it was Jeremy who saw them and said, oh, well, you like these, would you mind starting doing our Facebook? And one thing led to another and I was doing the Instagram as well as chefing. So I could always get the great shots being right in the kitchen when the action won all the jobs, so either beforehand or during service and whatever, getting the shots and being right in the thick of it. And uh, yeah, and that's how it went, and it just sort of carried on from there. So I got all my training within doing my other jobs, so it was great. And the chefs didn't mind. <laughs> I got used to it. <laughs> You're standing there saying, out the way, yeah. <laughs> But as I said, you know, you that's how you get all your good shots. And so, you, I mean, you work for us for the festivals and it, it the pho photography you do is, is incredible. But also, I mean, I know that you've just come back from working at Lord's and yeah. doing something else at Wembley. Wembley yeah. So you're always doing incredible shots of the kitchen, of the people in situ, as you're saying, because yeah. you're in there, you like to hide behind posts and you get really good yeah. photos. But also you do incredible food photography as well. Oh, thank you. And your shots of food. I mean, I, I, you, you're gonna, I know what you're going to say as well. The food looks delicious, so it's yeah. only going to be it able to help. It does help. It's a nice looking plate. Yeah, but you also just make it look so beautiful. And again, with the food at the food festivals, you know, the, the action shots of the street food. And yeah, it's the vibrancy, like I think. You know, food's amazing, the, the different colours. And, and my camera helps. I've got a great Fuji camera, which they really are brilliant little cameras for food. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just having the mixture, especially at the food festival, because you have such an array of different foods in the um in the artisan food market and on the street food there's so much going on sometimes I'm a bit like oh god where do I go first <laughs> and I sort of have to sort of sit back a bit and think right I need to stop do this bit first and then the the other bit on the second day and whatever but there is such an array of food to choose from it's just 
you know, photographer's dream, really. Do you eat much of it? Do you get mm, uh, don't really get chance. No, we don't either. No, because during the time when they're eating, like over the lunch period, you want to be in there. You don't want to be sat down eating a sandwich for an hour because you're missing all the shots. <laughs> yeah, so I know. I bring my own packed lunch normally and have it out the back in the green room. I'm just like, oh, grab a banana or whatever, but just to keep the energy going. You don't need to bring a packed lunch. Just don't help know. yourself. I, I know, because there's loads of sweets there, isn't there? <laughs> Loads of stuff in there for everyone to eat. Yeah, I know. I do know that now. I think this year as well would be really, really good. I think we need to do a lot more behind-the-scenes shots as well. Because you've done some in the past, which are fantastic. Yes. But I I love those with all the chefs relaxing. Yeah, when they come off stage and they've done their bit and they're just a bit more relaxed and, yeah, I love all that. And all the home economic team getting all the stuff together and because they do loads behind they do they do so much work you've done some lovely photographs of them actually there's one i remember sylvanabelle just looking slightly pensive with her think just watching from the sidelines just making sure that the chef on stage has got everything they want she's just standing there watching and it was a and she didn't know you were taking it it was again shots i love they're the ones that make me go when i look put them into the computer when i get home and back up my images I just think oh yeah they're the ones that I you know they're the ones that sort of keep me going yeah. they're sort of unaware you always manage to get one of me stuff in my face oh yeah they keep me going too <laughs> last year I've just seen the one there's one of me stuff in my face with Lucy Green Lucy Ellis's food um, on the stage yeah. and I'm just literally I'm, Whoa, and you've got the perfect shot in the moment <laughs> that's just brilliant Aww. and you've done like again outside the festivals mm. right? you've done some you've worked with some amazing chefs oh I have and you did you yeah, had a lovely very, picture of Albert Roux yeah I've been very lucky very lucky and it's all come through working for Mecco and getting all those connections initially at the beginning one, one door leads to another and it's just you meet people when you start and, and people say well, you know doors open and they, they do they do open and you can you know, I've managed to get my big clients through working for Mecca originally. And um, and Alberu was through Keith Prowse, who was one of their big clients. And, uh, yeah, I got him at, it was at Wimbledon, and they had a big marquee on the golf course opposite. And, yeah, he was just sat in the kitchen, literally looking at each plate as it went out. Each server had to go up to him and show the plate. And he was sat there with his walking frame next to him and you'd be like he didn't say anything he just like flicked his finger and was like yeah that's that's fine and it's just I was just in awe of him because yeah. he's such a massive he was such a huge yeah. name wasn't he who else have you worked with um at Lord's they do a Lord's Dining Club and they have uh, Michelin star chefs in so after the last four four years or so they've had people like Tom Carriage, Claude Bosey um, Tommy Banks and Al Keating lots of different chefs michelin star ones ollie debout and they do that about four year so that's been a really great you know it's great for my portfolio and they just you know i can just take any shots i like there and i can get their portraits i do all the behind the scenes when they're plating the food up and it's very relaxed and it's lovely and then i work for a a magazine called chef publishing and uh, i went to new york and did a few michelin star restaurants there did you it's really great. It's amazing. Forty-eight hour trip, but we just whizzed around with all these these appointments. Me and him up again, this Cammy, and we just had a had a fantastic time. Just going into rich uh, Michelin star restaurants and just having the free range of a kitchen to be able to shoot different people. And um, yeah, it was incredible. And then they had a they got a big uh, English following as well. And done lots of restaurants in uh, England as well, like Ben Murphy. Um, Oh, yeah, lots of them. I did get asked to do Gordon Ramsay, but I was busy. Oh, 
Yeah. Probably a good thing. I was busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's good. Yeah, lots of them. Uh, Monica. Oh, yes. Uh, Monica Galetsky. Yeah. Did her few yeah. cover shots with her, with one, well, cover shot with her and, yes, various others. Yeah, there's been loads. It's been brilliant. But at the end of the day, they're just chefs. Yes. You know, and that's how yeah. I look at it. When I go mm. into a shoot, I think, you know, these... They've got a massive brigade behind them helping them to get to that point. You know, it's people around them that do help them to get the stars. Mm. Um, but it is amazing to be in the presence of these people. Yeah. They've got to that level. But, yeah. yeah. Angela Hartnett, I remember. Where, um, oh, yeah, I did, I've did. i done her. Oh, she's yeah. so nice, isn't Actually, she? Actually, Jamie Oliver's fabulous feast. Yeah. Really lovely. Oh, and Jamie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, lots of, yeah, loads of them. But they're... Been, it's been very, very coloured and very varied over the past few years, but joy, joy, all of it, and every job's different. Yeah. New clients like uh, yesterday at Wembley are a new client, Delaware, and it's an American company, so it's a completely different shoot. So you're going in there, and it's not all reportage, and it's not hiding behind pillars. You have to have the chef smiling and being, because it's all for American, you know, and they see it very differently to how we see it. So it's really hard. Because chefs don't smile particularly. Not eight o'clock in the morning nah. on a Sunday morning. Exactly. They want to keep prepping the food. They've got yeah. huge, great, you know, lunch coming up, and it's the yeah. last thing they want is a photographer in the kitchen. It's just like, oh, this is hard. I've just <laughs> got to focus and get on with it, get the shots and get yeah. out. So we've got we got some great chefs. So this year at Tame, we have um, Tame Food Festival. We have Gennaro Cantaldo coming oh, yes. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Who's so animated? He's yeah. going to do be brilliant. Yeah. Photograph. Well, his um, hands, Italian hands everywhere. Yes, hands, <laughs> yeah. he is. And he, oh, he's so charming. We had him on the podcast, actually, um, chatting about things. He's lovely. Do you know what? He's going to have to ask you what your Fifty Shades of Food is. Oh, in yes. A minute, but his Fifty Shades of Food was Italian Spam in a tin. Oh, really? Yeah, a particular type of tinned ham. He likes the squeeze of lemon. Yeah. Um, and he eats it up the tin with a fork, which oh. I thought was brilliant. Um, and we've got um, a load of bake-off people as well coming to Bradford Untamed. My new boyfriend's going to... Well, oh. Stephen Carter Bailey is my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Today. I thought he was Susie. No. Oh, no. How did you... What? No. Well, you go, excuse that's the impression me. I got. <laughs> that's the impression Susie Pelter wants to give you, actually. Susie, not honestly. She sent... Did you see that photograph? There was a brilliant <laughs> photograph he put up. It's it really her funny. and Stephen Carter Bailey and me in the background. <laughs> glaring and just throwing a finger up but yes yeah, so I'm Carter Bailey my boyfriend number two yeah. is going to be there but also I've got boyfriend number three coming oh, right. who you've not met and that's David Atherton who won Bake Off in 2019 really he is my boyfriend number three okay yeah and then of course oh, he's not coming this year sadly but Tristan Welsh is my oh. culinary boyfriend number four and um, we had him on the podcast recently. He's oh, so He was at the same food festival, wasn't he? A couple he was. of years ago. Yeah, yes, him and Jun and I, we did a big, um, sort of like a, a ready, steady cook kind of show. Yeah. Uh, where I gave them both very nasty baskets full of food and they had to come up with some, <laughs> some dishes. I remember. So we had such a laugh yeah, on the stage. That was good fun. Um, the Home X said at the time, they said they've never seen so much fun on the stage, but they also have never seen so much mess. They were finding bits of magic mixes in the bins where things oh were just being thrown off, the, thrown off the counter. It's yeah. So, Deborah, we're yes. going to see you this year and it's going to be fun and we're going to have yep. some more wonderful photographs. Fantastic. Um, but Can't in, wait. In the meantime, I need to ask you for your Fifty Shades All of Food. Right. So, this is something that you like to eat on your own when Gary's not at home and you're, you've put the curtains down, you've locked <laughs> the door. Um, who's your favourite, you know, sort of sexy singer? You know, a bit of Barry White or someone else? 
a bit um very John Martin yeah. or I don't know. I like all sorts. <laughs> so you got that on. Yeah. Maybe you just want Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix. Dot Martin on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sort you. So um uh, yeah, so that's you and it's all quiet and you've got a glass of wine. So what's your fifty shades of food, your sticky, naughty, messy, delicious food that okay. you like to have? Well, I've actually got three now. Last time you spoke to me, I had two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God, we've done the rerun. Because <laughs> I remember thinking, oh no, I had that one as well. They're really basic, but they're just, I just love Philadelphia on crackers. That's really... That's fine. Really <laughs> That's okay. I remember that. And I just love it. Like, the creaminess of Philadelphia. Absolutely love that. Um, and I love peanut butter out of the jar. Okay. Yeah. yeah I can go really with that. love yeah, peanut especially butter. Especially if it's Frida's yeah. peanut butter. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All the different. Oh, the black pepper. Oh, the oh, chili. The black pepper one's oh, so my good. God. Yeah. Oh, no. Really delicious. Mm. And then to finish it off, I just mm. love it. <laughs> this is me since a child. I just love eating Cadbury's drinking chocolate out of the um, dried drinking chocolate out of the tin. Oh, is that you, bad? That's because filth. it's not like cocoa <laughs> and bitter. It's just. You know, just as a really lovely Sugar treat. Sweet. Yeah, makes your teeth all black. I love it. <laughs> That's utter filth. Sorry. That's wonderful. <laughs> Do you one? I had one the other day, which was, and I still can't. I can't go with this. John is probably much happier to do it. It's coconut oil oh, yeah. spread on hot toast. The Marmite. Really? Yes. Oh, I haven't thought of that. Do you like Marmite on toast? Yeah, I love it. Do you and like I like coat. I do. Do you uh, think that it's a combination that would work? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it's an oil. You'd put butter on a toast, mm. on toast, wouldn't you? So yeah, it's quite. It just doesn't. It doesn't for me do anything. But I think I like. I love the idea of your Philadelphia. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, I do love Philadelphia cheese. It's just a really quick, easy go-to mm. if you're just really hungry, like eleven o'clock at what night. Cracker? Do you like ragita? Oh, something salty like a rosemary salty. Mm, you know, yes. those round or an oat, mm. oat one. Just love. Yeah. A good oat biscuit. Yeah. So creamy when you. Definitely yeah. not too thick, not like a Jacobs, but just mm. thin and. Yeah. More cheese and biscuit. Yeah. So, and then what was the other thing? Peanut butter. Yeah. Obviously, a free just we just discussed. Yeah. And then that's a real we... treat. I don't do that every day. <laughs> but the Cadbury's. Oh, my Cadbury's one has been since we were when we were kids. Mum used to get it. Uh, you know, as probably as a treat. Really, having six kids and, you know, things like that are a treat. Really, in those days. And um, yeah, I used to finish it off before you know shopping on a Tuesday. Be gone by Thursday. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. Bless her. Bless her. <laughs> Bless her. I used to do. Horlicks out the jar. Oh no, I'd find that a bit. Oh no, the pat and it gets stuck at the back of your teeth. And yeah. Back, and it would form this thick paste. <laughs> you could never get it off when you had it. But I used to love that. And do you know what I did once? I like. I can't believe I did this. I was bare face lie to my mummy, and my mum's up, like oh. your mum up, up, looking down. But I had um, Horlicks, and I'd eaten half the jar. I kept sneaking downstairs, and I kept them in spoonfuls of the dry Horlicks powder. That's me, ginger. And I looked at. I thought, oh, my God, I've eaten so much. So I got. Johnson's baby powder. <laughs> and I half filled it with Johnson's baby powder. So she didn't know you'd been <laughs> in there. <laughs> Put it back on the shelf. And she went to make herself a Horlicks. Can you imagine? Oh my God, she'd be blowing and, bubbles. And she came upstairs and she said, something's odd with the Horlicks. Do you know anything about it, Charlotte? <laughs> and I looked at her bare face. I said, I, no, nothing. Nothing at all. Go around your mouth. <laughs> all around my mouth. Dusting a little bit off my chin. <laughs> thick four inches of Horlicks behind my teeth. Yeah, yeah, but that is me as drinking chocolate. <laughs> it's just a kid thing. You just grow up with it, it don't is, you? It yeah, is. Definitely. Did you snick anything else from your mum's, you know, from the from the kitchen? Oh, apart from cigarettes. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I used to nick me, I used to, I thought, always thought it was quite cool if I could, I just sneak into the kitchen, my mum's cooking behind her, and I'd get my hand in the biscuit jar, oh, and it had a cork yeah. lid, which was quite quiet, and there's a cork lid, yes. you could slip a cork lid off, slip your hand in, pull out a chocolate digestive, and then back out the <laughs> kitchen again, I was quite good at that. I remember doing Quality Street one year, when it was, when it was um, you used to have those great big sort of plastic ones with the lids, that yeah. you could take the lid off, I can remember uh, she did all the big shop, you know, the week before you do. She left all the dry goods in the dining room. And then the game must have been about 10 or something and opening it up like really carefully and taking all the good ones out and putting the <laughs> lid back on. And she knew. She absolutely. <laughs> did she forgive you more because you were a bit of a baby? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, I was probably a bit spoiled. So they say. So Miss Sibs say. Oh, wonderful. Oh, well, thank you, Deb. This oh, was so lovely. pleasure. It's so nice talking to you in your beautiful cottage. And oh. I'm looking outside, and there's lovely sunshine out Blue there. Sky. So you need to go out and get, get to the beach and yeah, have a nice walk. And definitely. Get some fresh air. Looking forward to all the festivals this year. Can't wait. They're going to be fun. Summer wouldn't be the same without Bradford and Avon, would it? No, it wouldn't. And I think we're going to yeah. need you there for two days because we've got so many wonderful people on both oh, days yes. and master classes. Yeah. And, and I won't be hungover this summer, I promise. Oh, God. That's so funny. <laughs> won't you be hungover. You and Lucy, Lucy both. Yeah. Turning yes. up. It's her fault. Having sunk four bottles of rose yeah. and wine the night before. Yeah. yeah. Never again. You were both in a terrible state. Yeah, never again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Deb. You're the best. Well, that's it for this week. Another dip into the vibrant, sweet, buttery rum barbar world of food festivals. Next time, it's a great British Bake Off bird fest. Yes, not one, not two, not three, but Four amazing ladies who've all been on the show, one of whom is a winner. Make way for Val Stones, Carol Edwards, Dawn Hollyoke and Siberia Yusuf. See you then. like listening to our podcast we just love producing it if you think you know someone that would enjoy listening to it too please share and pass on please like and follow us on the platform you listen with we are on instagram truly scrumptious podcast and of course there are our festivals where this podcast stems from bradford on avon food and drink festival and tame food festival website links are on our profile but just google them and you'll find us and buy tickets to visit thanks again for listening